walk as he walked. Those who worship the Lord, worship in spirit and truth. Those who say that they know him must walk as he walked. He is the way and the truth, and in him is the life. If we obey his word, Walk in the light, He is the way and the truth, and in Him is the life. If we obey His word, then we walk in the light. If we say that we know Him, but we don't keep his word, then we walk in the darkness, and the truth's not in us. If we walk in the light, we will have fellowship sweet, and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from sin. He is the way and the truth, and in Him Delighted to be with you here this morning. <clears throat> I took a little sip of my coffee and got a little bit down the wrong hat. So sorry about the little <clears throat> that are going on right now. And uh, we are in John, the fourth chapter. We're studying the life of Christ kind of in the chronology in which it happens. Um, utilizing, again, this book uh, called The Harmony of the Gospels, and, and it, a book in which they put... Um, things, as you can see here, the three columns, comparing the synoptic Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, as well as John and where things factor in, uh, in the book of John, um, compared to the other Gospels. We are moving into a section now where Jesus begins to experience some opposition. Yes, <clears throat> there are good, uh, there are good, things that he is doing, wonderful things, miraculous things, phenomenal things that he is doing. 
And yet some of what he does and what he says, the combination of those two things cause some people to begin to reject him, especially at home. And, and we may look at that today. I say may only in that sometimes I don't know how far we're going to get because of uh, some of the questions that sometimes come and some of the dialogue. Uh, I, I do think we will get to, to the part where we will see him being rejected. Now, what I want to say about this is, uh, I mean, if Jesus himself were rejected, uh, we shouldn't be at all surprised if we will be rejected sometimes uh, by by people uh, who do not want to hear the gospel, who don't want to hear Jesus proclaimed. Um, we we may we may fat we, we may face that ourselves. Uh, people just saying you can talk about anything you want, but. Nothing about religion, and people often say religion and politics. We don't want we don't discuss those things. Well, guess what? Um, at politics, yeah. I mean, and I could go on a long diatribe, and I listen to lots of different things broadly, and you know, I I, I could I could enter the fray of, of um, political gibber jabber. But we're not talking religion here. We're talking eternal life. We're talking eternal matters. We are talking uh, the acknowledgement of God and, and his existence. And and if he, in fact, exists as I believe and I teach that there is ample evidence for the existence of God, we begin there, look around at the evidence. Um, it. I think it's overwhelming. Uh, you, you look at the, the, the nature of the, the stars and the planets and how they don't collide and, and how they stay in their orbits and continue to spin on their axes as they're supposed to. Uh, as you look at all the varieties of critters out there, as you look at uh, ecology and its ebb and flow, as you look at the 11 systems of the human body and how they have to be synchronized for us to to live a healthy life. And when, when they get a little bit out of sync, we know the trouble that that creates for us. You look at all the varieties of flowers, you look at all these different things, there is ample evidence, I believe, uh, for God. Let's just go to your own home. Does your home tend, if you're living in your home, does it tend to stay picked up on its own? Do your dishes happen to do themselves and put themselves in their proper places all on their own? Uh, do the, does the laundry make it from the washing machine to the dryer uh, and then get all folded up and then put away in their drawers on their own? Uh, no. I mean, if you don't lift a finger in your house, you, you get dust bunnies, uh, your your dishes stack up, uh, the laundry that's in the washing machine that never makes it into the dryer begins to smell awfully bad because it just, it, it sours in the washing machine. No, we have to take action. The only way that things tend toward order is someone's hands engaged with them. And so... We begin with the evidence of God, uh, evidence that, that the order that is, it, things don't tend toward order, they tend toward disorder. The only time that things tend toward order is when there are, when there is a mind and hands involved in the action. This is God. 
God at work in, in the created order. So the evidence of God um, is overwhelming. Uh, the historicity of Jesus is uh, really hard to argue uh, that, that he was not historical and that the things that he said uh, were not historical. The, the witness factor uh, for Jesus, the reality of the numbers of people who walked the earth with him when he walked this earth, who then forfeited their lives, uh, who were martyred to death, because they believed in Jesus, because they proclaimed Jesus, do you think they would have died for a lie? Likely not. Not in the, the numbers that have been martyred, particularly in the first century, those who saw Jesus face to face, who walked this earth with him, who heard him, who ate with him, who observed him, who saw him, who touched him, all of those things. Uh, and so many people that were martyred to death because of their faith, and their faith wasn't based on fable. Their faith was based on fact. Um, but yet, nonetheless, in our day, there will be people who will tell us uh, that they don't want to hear about Jesus. What do we do? Uh, I think we keep on living for Jesus. I keep we. I think we keep on loving Jesus. And as we begin to see over the next few chapters, these in the Book of John in particular. Uh, Jesus begins to be rejected by people. Friend, you and I should not be surprised if if at times people reject us <clears throat> as well. It will happen. Now, before the rejection, there there is something phenomenal that happens. Picking up at the end of John chapter 4, uh, remember Jesus has just had this conversation with the woman at the well and Jesus has just in uh, this woman at the well has gone into the town and t told people about Jesus and all the people from the town came out to to see Jesus and to hear Jesus and <clears throat> excuse me we read yesterday how many people turned to faith in Christ now we pick up after this has happened and it says this, once more he visited Cana in Galilee. Now, do you recall what is significant about Cana in Galilee? The significant factor of that, that was where he performed his first miracle, and that first miracle wasn't the healing of a, a person. Um, that first miracle was uh, keeping the life of the party strong uh, in that he turned mere water into wine. That was the first back in John chapter 2. <clears throat> and now we read that once more he visited Cana and Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. It says it right there. And there were certain royal, uh, and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged to him to come and heal his son who was close to death. He begged him, please, You, we know, we heard about what you did with the wine. We know you can heal our son. And notice Jesus' response now in verse 48. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonder, Jesus told him, you will never believe. Now, I just want to stop there for, for just a moment. I mean, Jesus saying this, unless you people... Uh, see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. This, this is not necessarily a positive comment. 
we tend to look at the miraculous signs and wonders as, as a positive, and that's just what Jesus is naturally going to do. Often these signs and wonders that he did in the Gospels were not only for the miracle for the person himself, but for the substantiation of the fact that Jesus himself is God, he is Lord, he is Savior, he is the one that to whom we should listen, the one whom we should follow. The miraculous signs were to undergird and, and fortify and to reinforce and to provide evidence for the fact that he is who he said he is. And so in verse 48, when he says, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. What is he getting to here? I mean, I, I, I've intimated that this is a negative, not a positive, uh, because oftentimes we're we're looking for we're looking for the miracle, we're looking for for some sign, we're looking for you know God make it clear, and uh, and yet the honor will come to those who believe without all the miracles and signs. Now he goes ahead, and, and we will read down through here. He does the miracle. He performs the sign. He heals the boy. Uh, the father recalls. The father then believes. I mean, all, all these things are, are, are very positive, very good things. Now, I'm not trying to be disparaging of, of, of miraculous signs and wonders, but but Jesus is saying, unless you, you you see these things, you you will never believe. The fact is, there there probably are people who need to uh, experience a miracle before they can believe. It happens in other parts of the world. It may happen here. But what Jesus seems to, to honor, uh, is, especially as you read through the, the Gospel of John, are those who believe without having seen the signs, those who've heard the words, those who've heard the message, uh, and, and placed their faith in him. Uh, those are the ones that Jesus especially uh, is uh, moved by encouraged by because they they hear the truth they realize the truth the truth is unpackaged the truth is revealed and they believe it without the signs and without the wonders now all of that again to say i i don't think that god wouldn't perform signs and wonders i don't think that god doesn't perform signs and wonders i do think he does however i don't think that he does at our beck and call i don't think that he does at our beck and will i think he always does it according to his own purpose and his own will in his own sovereignty now does that mean we shouldn't ask no not at all um we should ask you know a few weeks ago we we have a, a man here in our church a wonderful beautiful man i say beautiful in the sense of his his nature his character his demeanor his his faith uh, beautiful family uh, who is in the battle of cancer. And, and yes, we should pray for miraculous things on his behalf. Absolutely. Um, but if God goes a different direction, we shouldn't be disappointed in God. God has a perfect will and God has a plan. And, and God wants to work something more formatively in our lives, oftentimes through the difficulties through which we go, whether it's in our own personal life or in our family life or in the broader body of Christ or in the community or God has a will and God will work that will. Now, 
again, I don't want to be misunderstood or misinterpreted as saying I, I, I don't believe in, in miraculous signs and wonders. I don't believe in healing. Yes, I believe in healing, uh, but I believe that healing always comes on God's terms, in God's way, in God's time. Uh, and uh, I, I do believe that we are encouraged to pray for healing. Uh, we read this in James chapter 5. But where I do struggle some is when we think that we can tell God what to do. Uh, and there is some of that practice out there. Uh, and I, I love many of those people. Some of them are very suspect to me. Some, not all, some. Uh, but there are some who, who that would be their belief system. And I love those people dearly. They're wonderful people who love Jesus uh, and and they're not out for some ill will. They're not out, you know, to make seven hundred million dollars, and that's a number I get from what one of the televangelists uh, has a purported worth of something like that. They're not out for that. They they just love Jesus, and they're they're looking to Jesus. They're trusting in Jesus, and and I would encourage you. I mean, I think we all need to have a simple faith. Uh, I, I think that we we can have a faith that just. Uh, that we're just looking for God for what God will do and trusting in God for what God will do and uh, loving God and, and holding out for God and lots of things for which to pray. I mean, th there could be some miraculous things for which to pray. Uh, I'm going to give you some examples. I mean, yes, it could be healing. I, I've already mentioned this, this wonderful gentleman in, in the life of our church, uh, for whom we have publicly prayed and for whom we uh, privately pray uh, and we corporately pray uh, for for this man and for his family. Um, we do that, and, and we should do that. But learning to pray, learning to trust, learning to walk with God, and other miraculous signs uh, uh, there's a young man I talked to last night who is beginning to raise funds uh, to be a part of a two-year, and you, you've you heard me perhaps along the way talk about internships and residency programs, a young man uh, who is raising funding to be supported uh, for a two-year residency program where he lives, and some of you will hear about that, but pray for that young man and his wife uh, to be able to raise the funds necessary Um to be a part of a two-year residency program to prepare him for perhaps a church planting ministry, someone that many of us know and love, a local kid, and uh, I shouldn't say kid, a young man. Uh, so we pray. Uh, pray for uh, uh, pray for the church. Pray for our church. Pray We need to see God at work in our church, so we pray. Uh, for for God's work in our church, uh, New England Bible College, we're we're trying to to get ahead of the curve. Pray for the miracles that can is all kinds of things that for which we need to pray, and uh, we we come to God. And I encourage prayerfulness. I encourage trust. I encourage crying out to God in all these things. But back to what Jesus had to say here in verse 48, kind of disparaging, he says, "You unless you people, just you can hear, you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. And uh, later on in the latter chapters of John, uh, when, when uh, Thomas says, well, unless I can put my hand in his side and my fingers in, in, in the nail holes in his hands, I won't believe. And Jesus reveals himself to Thomas. Thomas does believe 
And yet Jesus says, blessed are you because you've believed, um, because you have seen, but even more blessed are those who haven't seen and yet believe. Just the call to belief. Now, continuing the, the passage, the royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. I mean, he's, he's imploring Jesus. And again, the prayerfulness that we would learn how to implore Jesus. I didn't say I didn't say employ. I said implore to to beg, to ask, to to plead with, uh, sir. Come down before my child dies. And Jesus says, "You may go. Your son will live." Jesus never went to the kid. Jesus never went and placed his hands on him. Never anointed him with oil. He just said, "You may go. Your son will live." The man took Jesus at his word and departed, is what it says here, verse 50. So uh, the question for us, will we take Jesus at his word? You know, I'm trusting Jesus. I'm trusting Jesus in his direction. I'm trusting Jesus in his correction. I'm trusting Jesus for the larger plans of what he wants to do. Uh, do we take Jesus at his word? Are we trusting him? You might say, Lord, I don't know what outcome you're going to bring, but I'm going to trust you in it. Um, Wendy and I, as you know, with with the very capable guidance of our dear, dear friend, Fran, uh, just closed on a house yesterday. We haven't owned a house since we moved to Maine, and now we do own our own house again. <clears throat> um. Now I forget what I was going to say about, oh, I know what I was going to say about that. I mean, we're, we're trusting God in every step of the way. Just God guide us. We're, we're still trusting God every step of the way. Uh, give us direction, help us to make wise choices and so on and, and trusting God along the way. God's just looking for us to trust him every day uh, as we take steps. The verse here said that the man took Jesus at his word. Now this is, this is a huge situation uh, the man believes his son is going to die, uh, and so just simply that he took Jesus at his word and departed. I mean, we have the word of God, friends. Uh, we have the promises of God. We have hymns that talk about the promises of God, standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. I'm standing on the promises of God. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time that his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. This was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. But notice what it says. And I, I love, and I'm not the best at testimonials, frankly, and I'm not the best at telling stories. That isn't one of my, my greater strengths. <clears throat> but when you look at this and it says, and he's, when he was on his way, verse 51, his servants met him with the news that the boy was living. When he inquired as to the time, his son got better. They said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that was the exact time in which Jesus had said, your son will live. 
There are testimonies. There are stories. There are uh, promptings that come in our in our hearts sometimes in the middle of the night to get up and pray for someone, and and we don't know to pray for them uh, without that prompting, and you don't know what to pray. They're on your heart, so <clears throat> you get up and you pray for them, and they they turn. Uh, then you hear later on what was going on in their life at that point in time. And, and you know why you were praying, because they were facing some absolutely incredible difficulty in their life. <clears throat> but there are stories. Uh, guideposts used to be one of those places, and it's a little bit uh, suspect. In fact, maybe quite suspect these days. But there used to be lots of testimonials. There's GodTube, I think, is another. There's YouTube and there's GodTube a place you could probably go and listen to testimonials. There are missionary testimonials uh, that, that talk about, you know, someone prayed at this hour and at this very same hour how God worked. God does those things still today, friends. Do we believe that God is working in those ways? Do we believe that he is living being? Do we believe that he is uh, intimately aware and actively engaged in the the situations of our lives. Do we believe that? Are we looking for God to work? Are we looking for God to show up? He will when we look to him. I mean, maybe you have a story like that too, where you could say, yep, this is the type of situation that happened to me, or this is the type of situation that happened for me, or I know of this situation, but but to go and to find some of those testimonials of situations like this. Now, this may not be an everyday occurrence where things like this happen, but uh, we um, we we see things like this. We hear things like this. We hear stories, and we need to hear more and more and more stories like this. Yes, we do. And you notice what the outcome was in verse fifty-three. It said, "So he and all his household believed." Jesus performed this miracle not only to save the son, not only to aid the father, but Jesus performed this miracle knowing that they would respond in faith, knowing that they would respond in belief. So he and all his household believed. Do we pray for for things like this to happen in our day? I think we should. Uh, I. My best friend, when he came to faith in Christ, his whole family had come to faith in Christ. A whole household came to faith in Christ. Are we looking for things like that in our day? Are we believing God for things like that in our day that a whole household would believe? I pray that we would have that type of faith uh, and, and look for God to work in those types of ways. Now, it, it, it closed out this chapter and said this was the second miraculous sign Jesus performed, having come, come from uh, Judea to Galilee. Now, from here, he leaves. And now we depart and go back into the Synoptic Gospels. We go back into Luke. The fourth chapter is where the story goes Next, down at verse 16, Jesus uh, performed that miracle. Uh, and then it says uh, in verse 14, 
he began his ministry. We already know about this. Jesus returned to Galilee, the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the countryside. He taught in their synagogues. Everyone praised him. Uh, so this this is what we're reading over in Luke at the beginning of his ministry and, and, and returning in the power of the Spirit and news spreading. So he went to get went to Galilee, then he goes to uh, Cana in Galilee. That, that this is where the second miracles happen. Kind of this is the the uh, interplay between Luke and John. Uh, John was talking about what happened, and Luke references what happened. And now we pick up in verse sixteen. It says he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to, re to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Absolutely. Look at all that said. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's on me to preach the good news, sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind. And, and we're talking, you know, perhaps talking about those prisoners spiritual in spiritual prisons, spiritual prisoners, those who are spiritually blind, those who are oppressed in spirit. And that might be you today that you are, you are oppressed in spirit, but the Lord wants to release you from your oppression. And then it says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This absolutely is, as he is speaking, this is the year of the Lord's favor. Have you experienced this? Have you experienced the good news? Have you experienced the freedom? Have you experienced gaining of spiritual sight? Have you experienced God releasing you from oppression? And friends, I want to encourage us to pray for people that are oppressed, people that are depressed, people that are discouraged. Uh, suicide happens too much. And uh, it wasn't that long ago right here in our own town that, not in our own town, yes, in our own town, someone lost uh, a relative. To suicide. The day before, the man was out in public and, and seemed very positive, but yet there was an oppression perhaps within his being and maybe a depression. We need to take seriously people that are feeling oppressed, people that are feeling depressed, and we need to help lift them out of oppression, help lift them out of depression so that they don't go down that same road. God wants to help people be released, or God wants people to be released from their oppression, and he could do that. The gospel can do that when we're willing to be to trust in God and what God will do in our situation. So he's made this proclamation. He has read this passage, and then it says in verse 20, he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, it says here. If it stopped there, this is a great encouraging uh, reading that, that Jesus, the son of Joseph, has given to us, and that would have been the end of it. 
But then Jesus says one more thing in verse 21. He says this, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What? The scripture of, of the, the preaching of the good news to the poor, the, the, the message, the proclamation of freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, the, the, the release of the oppressed, the proclamation of the year of the Lord's favor. And for him to say today this is fulfilled in your hearing, uh, it caused people to set up. Now, some set up in skepticism. Uh, others would set up in, uh, wow, we're, we're excited to see what's going to happen. And you read verse 22. It says, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. But isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we've heard you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. When the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet none of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. In other words, he's saying, look, you guys are going to reject this message, and this message is going to go out to the Gentiles. Verse 28 says, all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of town, took him to the brow of a uh, brow of a hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But Jesus walked right through the crowd and went on his way. He was able to escape from them. Notice how it goes from there amazed at his words in verse 22 to now they want to throw him over a cliff uh, down in verse 29. All because he spoke the truth to them. All because he said to them, uh, what he did about the widow at Zarephath uh, and, and what he said about those uh, in Israel who had leprosy and yet how Elisha the prophet went to Naaman the Syrian saying, you 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 didn't get it, you're not getting it, you're not going to get it, and so this message will be taken elsewhere. And they were absolutely furious with him for what he had to say. Jesus Miracles and Jesus' message point to who he is. The miracles back in, in John chapter 4, that how that whole family believed in Jesus. Uh, and now we're reading uh, his message, the words that he had to say about who he is himself, uh, revealing himself as the one who brings the, the year of the Lord's favor and who proclaims this message and who then goes on and tells his own people, look, you're going to reject me. And they do right in this passage. Friends, we should not be surprised if people reject us as well. People will reject us for the message of the gospel. Now, I'm not saying that we need to go around poking the bear. I'm not saying that we have to go around and intentionally antagonizing people. But as we live the Christ life, as we live as followers of Christ, as we seek to make known the gospel of Jesus, 
that there will be people who will reject us. I experienced that. My brother rejected me and the gospel for a number of years, and yet uh, shortly before he died, gave his life to Christ. Keep walking with him. Keep living with him. Are you absolutely convinced in your heart and mind that Jesus is Messiah? I pray that you are. I pray that today that you will look for his works in your life, no matter what's going on in your world, that you will look to him. You will trust in him. And if you need a miracle, that you would ask for him to perform that miracle. And there are many things for which we don't pray, for which we need to pray. And uh, cancer could be one of those. Raising ministry funds, that can be one of those. Um, all those things can be a part of that. So I just encourage you. Trust in him. Look for him to show up. Brand uh, saying, Jesus has answered direct prayers of mine, true miracles, absolutely no doubt. I needed his strength, and he indeed blessed me personally, answered my prayer. Yeah, that's the testimony that we share with others that they too might believe. Lord, help us today. Help us today to walk with you. Help us today to trust in you. Help us to today be absolutely convinced of who you are and what you do and what you can do, and that we'd be yielded to you, and that we would be unashamed for you. Lord, may we be your messengers to those around us, pointing them to Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We all said, Lord, hear our prayer. Have a great day, everyone.